Father, you are the reason that we live, and to worship you is a high and holy honor. And we are so grateful to be able to come into your house and to worship and praise you this morning, Father. God, we're so, so thankful for the greatest gift, and that is your Son, Jesus. Lord, today as we take a few minutes to reflect upon and remember the greatest gift ever given, Lord, we pray that today, Holy Spirit, you'd speak to our hearts and that your will would be done. For it's in your name we pray these things, and together we all would say, Amen. You may be seated this morning. Good to have you in the house of God. Everyone ready for Christmas? All right. Well, you got a couple days if you're not. No pressure. Praise the Lord. You know, we're studying our way through the Word of God. We're in the Old Testament book of Second um, Kings. And it's interesting, in that section, we are looking at the different kings of, of Israel and of Judah. But today, we're going to be looking at the ultimate King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. As we take a little break from our study through the Word of God, and we um, focus on Christmas. Praise the Lord. Uh, the greatest gift ever given. For the overhead, would you please put James 1.17 tells us this. Every, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. And how many of you know the greatest gift is our Lord Jesus Christ? Amen? And then for the overhead, and it can stay, is really the, the summary verse I think we all know, and it speaks to all of our hearts, and that is John 3.16. For God so loved... Now, I don't want to uh, make you think I'm changing the Word of God or anything, but would you just put your name where that word world is? Right? For God so loved you, and you put your name in there, that He gave His, His one and only Son, that's Jesus, that when I believed, you can put in there, in Him, we shall not perish, but have eternal life. Isn't that awesome? Well, today we're going to look at Christmas, and I've entitled this today, The Message, The Method, and The Miracle. We'll be looking at Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapters 1 and 2. You can turn there and open if you want. You don't have to. I'll be sharing them. But some great, great scriptures there that we will be looking at. Um, you know, Christmas is arguably the most uh, widely celebrated of all the worldly holidays, involving more people and nation than any other holiday. But at the same time, it's perhaps the most misunderstood of all the holidays. You know, uh, as a child, you might remember, what, what was the, the best part of Christmas as a child? was the gifts, right? Right? And then getting out of school for a couple of weeks was cool too, right? That was always, always fun. But then as you grow older, you know, it changes a little bit. But I got to be honest with you, I'm 57 years old, and still the greatest part of Christmas is hitting people with the wrapper tube, Right? I mean, the redneck lightsaber right there, man. That is, that is so, I was doing that to, this morning with Kelly. She was, what? You know, and it's, it's all in fun. But y'all know you still sword fight with those, right? That's the most awesome thing. The most awesome thing at Christmas. But the older we get, Christmas starts morphing for us, doesn't it? And we start moving from the lights and the trees and, all that stuff that is awesome and special. But we start focusing on Jesus. So I want to take us back to the first Christmas as we look today 
at the message, the method, and the miracle. How many of you know that there's actually three Christmas messages in the Bible? And we're going to look at them. The first one was to Mary. Luke chapter 1 says this. Luke chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 26. This is the Christmas message to Mary. Then we will see the message to Joseph. And then the message to the shepherds. And all of them are messages to us. But the first one, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 says, Now in the sixth month, this is her cousin Elizabeth's six months of pregnancy, not the sixth month of the calendar year, but of her, of her cousin Elizabeth's pregnancy, that the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee in Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled. And she says, she was considering what manner of greeting was this. What is this, this guy talking about? And the angel said unto her, this is verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Just a little side note there. Can I just assure all of you that you have found favor with God? And God's got a, a special calling and a purpose for each and every one of us. Now, it, it's in a way, it is to bring the Lord Jesus Christ to the world. Now, Mary brought Him physically in His incarnation, but you know, it's our job as believers to bring Jesus into the world. Isn't that kind of awesome to think about? No pressure. But it is our our honor to be able to do that. So he, he's speaking to her, and then he says in verse 31, Behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, which means the Lord is salvation. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, No, this is very... Uh, she's being very real, very practical. And she asked him, well, how can this be since I do not know a man? How, how can I conceive when, when I'm not involved physically, sexually with, with a person? And the angel answered and said to her, well, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Friends, I'm going to say this a couple times through this message, but I'll start off here. Uh, whoever we are, we don't need to be looking to a man. We need to be looking to the Holy Spirit. Right? Now, I'll say that a couple more times as we go. Verse 36, the angel says, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived in her old age, and, and she is now in her sixth month for her who was called barren. Now, the message to Mary, first of all, was you're going to have this son. The second part of, Mary, of the angel's message to Mary can be applied to you and I. Please highlight this in your Bible if you haven't already. Verse 37, for with God, nothing, nothing will be impossible. Are you facing something barren in your life? With God, nothing is impossible. Are you... Are you 
looking at a a health challenge, a a relationship challenge, some kind of failure in your life. Friends, if you need a miracle, the answer is found in Jesus Christ. For with God, nothing is impossible. Let's be honest with everybody here today. You ever feel or you ever come up against, maybe you're dealing with something right now that that you feel even God can't can't work this out. I think we all do sometimes, right? With God, nothing is impossible. And that's a great, great key. The key to that in, is in verse 38. Here's, if you need a miracle, if you need the power of God in your life, you know, it's one thing to quote verse 37, but you've got to obey 38. Look at that. And Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. She yields herself up. She surrenders and she, uh, she submissive to the word of God. She says, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Friends, the key to receiving the impossible is surrendering your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Now notice she said, may it be according to your word. Don't think that you can get God to bless your word. Because how many of you know God's word may be different than yours? He says His ways are higher than our ways. They're greater than our ways. But when we submit to God's word, His ways, miracles will happen. Well, let's look at the second Christmas message. This is was spoken to Joseph, Mary's uh, betrothed husband that we already met. This is in Matthew chapter 1. When you get there, just say amen. Sounds like most of us. Let's start reading at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, he was minded to put her away secretly. Now in that day, in that culture, they had two options if this situation was, was to happen. The first option was, uh, according to the law, uh, this girl could be, could be executed. <laughs> That's pretty rough, right? Or the husband could divorce her and give her the, the certificate of divorcement, send her back home, and, and just go on like nothing happened, right? But how many of you know God's always got a third option? The God option, right? And so, verse 20, so while he thought about these things, and he's being a just man, he wants to do what's right. He, he, you know, Joseph is the most underrated guy in the Bible. This guy was something else. I can't wait to meet him. Anyway, he's thinking about these things. Now behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. We don't know if this is Gabriel again. Uh, Most people think it is. He seems to be the messenger angel. But he appears in a dream. And he says unto Joseph, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take to you, marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, she hasn't been with a man She's been with God. Right? We need to be with, with God. Right? And so, verse 22, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And here he, he quotes the Old Testament. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. This is awesome. Which is translated, God with us. You're going to name him Jesus which means the Lord of salvation, but people, when they get to know Him, friends, you and I know Him as Emmanuel, God with us. That is incredible, right? 
God with. That's the miracle of Christmas. Uh, verse 24, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took him as his wife. Did you see both Mary was obedient to the word and now Joseph is obedient to the word? Friends, that is so important. We need to be obedient to the word of God in our life. Verse 25, And he did not know her. That means have a physical relationship with her, consummate the marriage, even though they got married, until she brought forth her firstborn son. Uh, Mary and Joseph went on to have more children. Uh, Jesus had four stepbrothers, half-brothers. They're, they're named for us in Matthew. How would you like to be one of Jesus' brothers? I mean, you know at some time Mary had to say, why can't you be more like Jesus? You know, you know, but, well, he's Jesus, you know. But the brothers had something because they could always look to, to Jesus and say, what, were you born in a barn? <laughs> you know, so they could go, you know how brothers are. They go back and forth. But he also had at least two sisters. The Bible doesn't name them, but says he had sisters, plural. So he had at least two sisters. So the reason I bring that up is not to upset anybody, but to, to show you that this was a normal family. God invades normal families. He, he will invade your life and bring to you what you need from God. Isn't that awesome? You don't have to, to be different. You don't have to separate yourself. You just have to come to Jesus in faith and trusting him, and God will do some awesome things. Isn't, isn't our God so cool? I love our God. So uh, he was born. He gave, his, gave him the name Jesus. So Joseph's message was this. Uh, he will save his people from their sins, verse 21. And that's the whole purpose of Christmas. That was the whole purpose of Jesus coming to us. And now, message one to Mary, message two to Joseph, brings us and leads us up to the third message, the message to you and I, the message to the shepherds. And this is found in Luke chapter 2. Turn with me, please, and I would like to ask everyone to turn to this one. And here's where we get to the great message of Christmas. When you're there, just say amen. Okay. We're going to start reading at verse 1. It's kind of a lengthy portion of Scripture. You are familiar with it, but we're going to read the whole thing. It's the beautiful uh recording of the birth of Jesus. So let's start reading at verse 1, Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone into their own home city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. We're going to find out she's way heavy with child. She's, she, I mean, she's in her ninth month getting ready to give birth. And they got to travel between 90 to 100 miles. And they didn't have the options and the comforts that we do. I mean, even with the, the options and the comforts we have, ladies, you don't want to be traveling when you're that heavy, right? <laughs> it's that heavy when you're that <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> and I practice that all week, too. But imagine on foot or a donkey. It'd be even worse, right? <laughs> I might as well give up, all right? Yeah, I'm still right. This is a difficult thing, but they have to make this, this trip. And he take, in verse 5, to be registered, and he has to take his wife with him because 
She's his wife. And uh, verse 6, so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Like I say, this was not a very good, convenient time for all this to take place. More about that in a minute. Verse 7, and so she brought forth her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes. That was a Hebrew practice that the Hebrews did. It was, uh, they would oil the babies, salt the babies, and, and bind them up. They did something similar when, when a Hebrew passed away. Jesus 33 years from there will be wrapped up again right but instead of being laid in a manger 33 years from now he'll be laid in a tomb right but all this was a hebrew thing so they they swaddled him wrapped him up laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end now verse 8 now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night and behold an angel of the lord stood before them and the glory of the lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. I love the King James Classic. It says they were sore afraid. That is flat scared. <laughs> That's shaken scared. Then the angel said unto them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for a select few people. No. For all people. Verse 11, friends, is the key Christmas verse and the verse for our life. For there is born to you. Friends, remember when we were reading this and I said to put your name where it says world? For there is born unto you. Friends, yes, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. But God so loves you. Regardless of what people say, regardless of how people act, Friends, let me give you on the assurance of God's Word, God loves you. Right? God doesn't only love us all, He loves us each. And if we were the only ones here, this event would still take place. Right? For there is born to you this day in the city of David. Notice this. Three things. This is the key to Christmas. Number one. And this is why He said this is good news for you. Now, how many of you know if there's good news, that means there's also bad news? And we appreciate the good when we understand the bad. The bad is ever being separated from God. The good is Jesus came so we can be reunited with God. But check this out. The first thing, He will be, number one, a Savior. That word means one who provides salvation. Friends, money can't buy you salvation. Good deeds can't buy you salvation. A government can't buy you salvation. Any activity, whether it be social or religious, cannot provide you salvation. Only God, through His Son, Jesus Christ, could give us salvation. This one who's coming in the city of David, right? The city of shepherds, not the city of kings. He will be your Savior. But He doesn't stop there. The Savior, who is the Christ. Now, many people think Christ is Jesus' last name. That wasn't Joseph and Mary's last name. You know, Joseph Christ, Mary Christ, Jesus Christ. No. No, that's the title. It means, it means Messiah. What does that mean? Messiah means He's God's anointed King, priest, and prophet. Now, bear with me on this. Because of, of our relationships today, we don't quite get the magnitude of that. But as God's King... He represented God's government here on this earth. As God's priest, He represented God's worship 
on this earth to our Father. And as God's prophet, he represented and gave God's word to us, his people. He's the only Messiah. Jesus bridged the, bridges the gap between man and God. He is the revelation of God himself to mankind. One of the most fascinating things, and it blew the disciples, it blew the religious people away, is when Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And isn't that awesome? Well, not only is He our Savior and our Christ, but He is the Lord. He's the ruler of our lives. Not only in eternity, but on earth, here and now. You see, uh, He's not a tyrant, but He's a loving Lord. And he wants to be the Lord of your life today. A lot of people are happy with Jesus being their Savior. I mean, who, who wants to go to hell? But we don't want Him to be the Lord here on the earth. He's our Lord, our King, and our Savior. God's plan and direction for your life is awesome. Now, the second part of the angel's message we'll see in verse 14, but let's keep reading. Verse 12 says, And you will... And this will be the sign to you, and you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes so they know that, well, this will be a Hebrew baby, and lying in a manger. Well, they're shepherds. They know what mangers are. We know where we need to look for them. Verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, more angels, praising God. Don't you know this sounded amazing? But listen to what they sang. Glory to God in the highest. Friends, we can't glory in ourselves because we can't do anything about it. We can't glory in a... In a, in a church group, we can't do anything about it. We can't glory in anything man does, but we can only glory in God because only God could bring about our salvation. Because check out what else they're, they're singing. And on earth, peace. Now this peace isn't peace between man. How many of you know men are still fighting? This is peace between man and God. Because you see, when, when sin invaded the Garden of Eden, man and God were, were, were placed at odds. There was no peace. Now, God was good to, to His people, don't get me wrong. But real peace, that real connection, was brought back through Lord Jesus Christ. So on earth, peace, we have peace with God. And goodwill towards men. Not among men. Like I say, men are still fighting. Goodwill towards men. God's goodwill towards us. And just as the angels said, Mary, you have found favor with God. Friends, all of you have found favor with God. Oh, we might disappoint Him sometimes. You know, I don't read your guys' email, but I know some of, well, let's not go there. Verse 15, And so it was when the angels gone away from them to heaven that the, the shepherds said unto one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and to see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. What is that? That this baby in verse 11 was born today who is a Savior, who is the Christ, who is the Lord. That's what we want to go see. In verse 16, so they made haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child again that he is the Christ, that he is the Savior, that he is the Lord. They told everybody. Verse 18, And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things. She pondered them in her heart. 
And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. They didn't glory and, and brag on the angels or the, the bright lights, but on the baby. Isn't that amazing? The focus is on Christ. Well, that's, that's the message. Messages. Let's look at the method. How, do, how does God bring his Savior to us? Well, notice we're still in Luke 2, verse 12, when he said, this is going to be your sign. You're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. What? Well, how am I going to get a deliverer, a Christ, a Messiah, in the nursery? Little plug for nursery. We need nursery help. You know, if you if you, if you really want to please God, um, friends, God works in mysterious ways. Allow Him to. Allow Him to, because we find God in a powerful way in five things that we see from this. And the first way that we find God here is, uh, and I think some of us can relate to all of these is we can find and experience God in a powerful, life-changing ways, number one, in a very unexpected place. They found God in a barn. God doesn't always do things the way we expect. So don't limit God to what He'll do. Remember, His ways are greater, His, His thoughts are higher, and we can find Him in very unexpected places. You can find God at your job. In your school. In the grocery store. Now some of us pray in the grocery store, but you need to change your prayers. I've, I've heard some of you. you know. But you see what I'm saying? We can experience God in unexpected places. Second way we can uh, experience God in a powerful way is in our inconveniences. Mary and Joseph were expecting a baby. And now through divine placement that God had they're making a 90 mile trip hard trip it, this was inconvenient for them right but friends please remember this in your life obstacles and inconveniences can be a very important part of God's plan for you God will sometimes interrupt your life to give you a greater experience and revelation of himself so in an unexpected place in our inconvenience we can find God and also we can experience God in a unique way in our aloneness. Bear with me on this. Where was Joseph and Mary? In his town. So let me ask you this. If, if he's where his family is, where are all his peeps? Where, where, where are the people? Why are they sleeping in a barn when this is his hometown? Sometimes God moves us away to get us alone. Not all the time. Now friends, here's a spiritual truth that, that we, we need to know, and that is that sometimes God will move people out of our life for our benefit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, but right? I mean... Our hearts might get broken. We might be devastated. But God might have just moved that person out of your life for your protection. But now here's the other side of that coin, and this is just as important. Get, get ready to amen. 
Satan will sometimes put people in our life. The trick is we got to figure out and understand and seek God to know which one's which. Sometimes God will, will move us to get us alone so we'll experience Him in a greater way. Now, sometimes God will move you into a, a body of believers. We have to have the body of believers. But friends, that's why we have a prayer closet to get along with God. But we also have a prayer group to be with people, right? And sometimes we experience God in great, great ways in our aloneness. Well, we also experience God in a great, great way in our not understanding. Not understanding what God's plan is. How do you think Joseph felt here? Here, he says, okay, God, I will... I will risk embarrassment and marry this pregnant girl. I will risk being uh, kicked out of the carpenter's union and all this kind of stuff. I will do this. I will, be, I, will, I will be obedient to you. Now here I'm making this trip at a very inconvenient time, and now there's no one here to receive me, and she's about to give birth. I don't understand what's going on, God. Sometimes we don't understand. And friends, let me say this with a very sincere heart. There may be some questions you never get the answer to on this side of eternity but we can still trust God. Write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not, write this one down anyway. You do not have to understand in order to trust God. You don't have to understand what God is doing. We can still trust Him when He's doing it, right? Now, lastly and fifthly, and this is, this is I think all of us can relate to, is we can experience God in a greater way not only in an unexpected place, in our inconvenience, in our aloneness, in our not understanding, but in our pain. No baby comes without pain. And friends, sometimes, let, let's, let's be really honest here. Sometimes our greatest experience with God is in our deepest, deepest pain. Sometimes it takes pain to, to wipe everything away to get us to focus on God. God may ask you to take a step that seems so unreasonable. It may not make sense and it may be very painful. But trust me, God will reveal Himself in an awesome way. The Messiah came in a completely different way than Mary, Joseph, all of, all of the nation of Israel expected. They believed He was going to be this military guy on this great horse and, and wipe out uh, the Romans, right? But here, here, a baby? So we can trust God in our unexpected places and our situations and our pain and see what God does. So we've seen the three messages of Christmas, the method of Christmas, and now the miracle of Christmas. Still in Luke chapter 2, verse 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe. Of course, the, the miracle is Jesus. We've been talking about that. We all know that. And they found him. Now, let me kind of go a different angle here. Under the miracle, and this kind of closes things up, who missed the miracle? Mary and Joseph were there. The animals were there. The shepherds were there. But there's someone who wasn't. Friends, we need to be careful that we don't miss the miracle. Who wasn't there was the innkeeper. Whose barn was it? Religious scholars believe this was the innkeeper's barn, that this was like the parking garage for the inn, you know, where, where the people would, would 
keep their animals and stuff that are staying inside. We don't know that for sure, but it's definitely a possibility, right? But what we do know is he missed the greatest miracle that could happen. He didn't allow the Messiah to come into his home. Why, why, why was there no room in the inn? Because there were others there. And friends, we sometimes allow others, and that could be people, it could be activities, it could be anything, but we allow others to take the place of Jesus at this very important time. Right? Christmas trees are awesome. Love them. Love the lights. Love the gifts. Love the, just the attitude of Christmas and the love and, and all that stuff. Nothing wrong with that, friends. But let's don't let the other take the place of the miracle. Does that make sense? All right. Let's see here. I think I'm about done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I had to check my notes. <laughs> Worship team, join me up here. I am going to read one more scripture, but I'm, I'm done. We're going to talk more about this Tuesday night, 6.30, here in the sanctuary. I, I want to end this as the worship team com, comes up here. I'm a teacher. We teach through the Bible. When I have to preach a message, I'm kind of fumbling at it. Uh, but I want to highlight as we close this today of what the shepherds did once they heard it. And that is found again in Luke 2, uh, verse 17. When they had seen Him, when you experienced the Messiah, when you've had an encounter with Jesus, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it marveled at those things that were told to them by the shepherds. Now that we know the message, the method, and the miracle of Christmas, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, now it's our responsibility and our job to be like the lights on the tree, and that is to be the lights of the world to bring the message of our awesome Jesus Christ to the world. Does that make sense? All right, let's stand. <coughs> Friends, as we close today, this is kind of different for us at Lighthouse. Like I say, we study through the Bible, but I wanted to talk about Christmas today. We saw some interesting characters, and I think that maybe we can identify with them. Mary, of course. Joseph the shepherds, or maybe the innkeeper. Friends, today, if, if Christmas is just a holiday for you to get gifts and to sing songs, but you don't know the meaning of Christmas, I pray that today, in spite of me, that today you would be like the shepherds and say, let's, let's go see that. Let's, let's experience what God has given to the world. So if you've never experienced Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe He's just a, a Sunday school story, maybe He's just mentioned in a song. See, today's message is only the first half of a two-parter. The second half is fulfilled on Easter. And that is that baby grew up. He moved out of that manger. And after ministering, He went to Calvary's cruel cross so that He could be our Savior our Christ and our Lord. And He died on that cross. And just as His mom and dad wrapped Him in swaddling clothes, strangers wrapped Him in linen. 
and laid him in a tomb. But just as he came out of the manger, three days later he came out of the tomb. And it's because he came out of that tomb that we can celebrate Christmas. Amen. Bow your, your heads, hearts with me today. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Christmas. Lord, we thank you that you love us not only all, but you love us each. You love us each enough to give your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd help all of us just to, to think about these things we've learned today. And Father, wherever we find ourselves, whether it's in a place of inconvenience, may we look for you. Maybe it's in, in obstacles. May we look for you. Maybe it's in our not understanding. Maybe it's in our pain. May we look to you today and trust you for all things. Thank you, God, for the greatest gift of love. Your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to sing us a song. and I'm going to ask Kelly and the fellas to join me up here. And we want to give you an opportunity to pray. Once again, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, and today you've felt that urging, that nudge, Christmas all of a sudden makes sense to you, would you come forward? We'd like to pray with you.